Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You are welcome once again to um, House Fellowship on Thursday. And um, it's so, so good to see all of you today. Amen. Um, <clears throat> we, we kicked off on a series on how to work in the miraculous. And um, our focus, really, our emphasis is on how to stir up you know, what God has put on the inside of you to generate um, a life of the miraculous. And um, we are emphasizing strongly on what God has put on the inside of you a lot more than the external. Hallelujah. And um, God places more emphasis on the treasure that He has put on the inside of you. And you see, many times when we are confronted with crises or situations, we tend to go on the outside to source for solutions when the fountain of solutions is actually on the inside of us. And what we are here to do is to develop our skills on how to provoke this fountain that is on the inside of us. There was a certain man who had been lying down 38 years by the pool and the the way the game goes is that um, you the angel pops up stirs the waters and the first person to jump in gets a healing but unfortunately for this chap he was bedridden so there was no way he could be the first person to get into the river and Jesus was staying by him there and he said I don't have anybody to help me into the water and that's the way many of us approach situations that we look we calculate our resources on the outside and then we write ourselves off that we don't have anyone to assist us with solving this situation but Jesus but Jesus was there right by him as the real source and the actual source of the solutions and telling him that look do you want to be healed <laughs> and you can just get up now and go Hallelujah. But he never realized or appreciated that the solution to that problem was closer to him than he actually thought. Hallelujah. Um, without giving myself away, I just want to, you know, sort of like um, throw out a question here. And I'm going to phrase it in one particular way. Do you have any situation that you have faced in the past or you are currently facing and you have questions in your mind about that situation and if it were possible for us now to do something, if there was something we could just do right now to make the Lord Jesus Christ appear in our midst physically <coughs> and then each person in this room is given an opportunity to speak with him for five minutes. Just for five minutes. You know who Jesus is. You, you, you have an image of who he is. And he walks in here, sits down, and he says, each of you has five minutes to ask me questions. How many of you have questions that you will ask him? Let me see your hands. You have, 
you have? Do you have? <laughs> but why? Do you have? You do. Good. So, we'll be sharing somewhere along those lines today. And uh, maybe by the end of the message, you, you will come to agree with me or not agree with me. Amen. Amen. This evening we'll be starting on a subtopic titled prayer. And we're going to be looking at prayer from different angles. Um, so, I mean, as from today up till uh, the day of the seminar. Hallelujah. We're going to be looking at prayer from different angles and various perspectives within the scriptures. Let us start with Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 verse I think wait says chapter 3 verse 27 Proverbs chapter 3 verse 27 He says withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I will give, when thou hast it by thee. Now, this is God speaking to us human beings. That if you have something in your possession, or something that you can do, that is within your ability, He says that you should never withhold it. When it is in the power of your hand to do it. And he goes on to say that don't say to your neighbor, come tomorrow when that resource that you can use or utilize to get the job done is already in your possession. Now, this is God giving us this commandment. And I hope you know that God is not going to ask you to do things that he himself is not already you know doing so if God says to us that well if you have these 10 pounds in your possession and your brother says to you give me 10 pounds and it is within your power to give the 10 pounds what God is saying is that don't say to your brother come tomorrow just for the fun of it and then I will give you the 10 pounds if you are in a position to give the 10 pounds now, give it. That's what God is saying. Now, if God is saying that to us mortals, do you think that when you pray to God, He will then look at you, you know, like that rich politician in Lagos, Nigeria, and just want to oppress you? And just say to you, come tomorrow. <coughs> Will God treat you that way? But many of us are relating with God that way. That you are praying, and that you, you are praying, and you are doing your best to perform and impress God, 
and yet you have that image of him that maybe I still have enough to do I still have more to do to make him happy and then that miracle that he has been keeping in the drawer in his drawer he will now fish it out and then eventually hand it over to me the way human beings have been treating us that's not how God operates he says don't withhold it when it is in your power to do it so the function here is that if you are able to do something then it means it is within your power to do it so if you can do something it is within your power to do that thing so performance of a thing performance of a thing means power so if I ask you for 10 pounds and you can give me 10 pounds it means that you have the power to make 10 pounds available to me so now let us shift the focus on God now that when we pray to God that God give me something you've got to understand first of all does he have the power to do what you are talking to him about yes or no does he have the power yes so if he has the power do you now think that he will ask you to come back tomorrow when he has the power to do it today based on the scripture i don't think so he's not going to ask you to come tomorrow but look at the keyword there when it is within your power to do it hallelujah so the key word there is power power is what enables you to bring about the performance the way god does his things on the earth today is by his power and who is the custodian of his power the holy spirit acts 1 it says that ye shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you so when the holy ghost comes then you have received the power to do what you could not do before hallelujah Amen. the bible says that sarah by faith sarah received strength to conceive seed when she was judged to have gone past the age of childbearing so it means that she did not have the power to receive that kind of a miracle because she had gone past that season but by faith she received what the power the strength to conceive seed so that power there is the holy spirit but now let us begin to break things down and we're now going to connect our prayer life with the activity of the holy spirit hallelujah let's go to john chapter 14 and we'll begin to check out somewhere around verse 26 now if you say to me going back to that question i asked which to be honest with you I felt exactly the same way 
with people who raised up their hands that look if Jesus showed up personally here and gave me the opportunity to discuss with him for five minutes I have some questions to ask him right which means that up till now I don't have the answer to those questions that's what we are saying but let's go to John chapter 14 are we there yet verse 25 it says these things have I spoken unto you being yet present with you but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you peace I live with you my peace I give unto you not as the world giveth give I unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid you have heard how I said unto you I go away and come again unto you if you loved me you would rejoice because I said I go unto my father for my father is greater than I and now I have told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass ye might believe hereafter I will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me so Jesus was saying that I have told you this much because I am yet present with you and then he said but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name he shall teach you all things did you see that he said I have told you this many things because I am with you but when the Holy Ghost comes he has no restriction he is going to tell you everything did you see that so what Jesus is saying there was that being present with you that there are some questions he would not have been able to answer but that if the Holy Ghost came he would answer all the questions because he said he will teach you all things so you see there is a restriction in the earthly ministry of Jesus compared with the ministry of the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of you it is religion that makes us think that Jesus on the outside will generate more power than the Holy Spirit on our inside Jesus said I have told you this many things but he said when the Holy Ghost the comforter is come he will teach you all things it means that there is no limit there is no restriction do you see that let us check chapter 16 chapter 16 and I read from verse 5 he says but now I go my way to him that sent me now this is Jesus again saying that he's going away 
to his father who sent him. And none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Did you see that? So Jesus is saying that, I, I told you that I am living physically. The same way if Jesus came to sit here with us and said, I have five minutes to give you to discuss with me. And then he now says to you, okay, so your five minutes is up now. I'm about to go. The sorrow you feel in your heart that, oh, he's going. I can't talk to him again. Who is going to part the, red, the, the waters for me tomorrow? Who is going to make me walk over the water tomorrow? Who is going to command money to come out of the fish tomorrow? How are we going to do it? When our boat is rocking on the water, who are we going to call upon? Now that he is gone. So sorrow filled their heart. Because they thought that the source of power was about to leave them forever. But what did Jesus say here? He said, nevertheless I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Expedient means it is better for you that I go away. Did you see that? It is better. So, Jesus walking in our midst for three and a half years. We could touch him. We could feel him. We saw him walk miracles. We saw him feed the thousands. We saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. We saw him do all that. The Bible says that he did so many things that all the books of this world cannot contain what he did. And yet... The Bible says that it is better for him to go and for the Holy Spirit to come. So did you see that? So it means that the same way you would have treasured the presence of Jesus physically around you is the same way you should treasure the presence of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you the, so let me just make it clear now the Holy Spirit on the inside of you has all the answers to your questions you don't need to see a physical Jesus to get your questions answered do you see that? You don't need to see a physical Jesus. Now, if you are going through a situation that is extremely uncomfortable, your flesh is crying out that Jesus, why? I want to ask you, what is the reason for this? And how can I come out of this? But the Bible is saying that Jesus himself says, I can only tell you this much. But the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So the answer to those questions is already on the inside of you. Because if you look at it, what if Jesus was in grace? And for whatever reason, the apostles are in the town center. And then they hit a crisis. 
in the town center and they have to make a decision in 30 seconds. There is absolutely no way they can get to Jesus in grace. I mean, or in Falcon Avenue here. When they are in the town center. But the Holy Spirit is on the inside of them so they can contact the Holy Spirit who is on the inside of them and they can react based on the power of the Holy Spirit who is on the inside of them. Not only that, Jesus now said that when you pray, that you should pray in his name. And he said, I will give it to you. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. If I there are two references, one of them is whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And the other reference is whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. So as you stand on the earth today, with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you have the totality of Jesus represented on the inside of you. The presence of God on the inside of you is not inferior at all to the physical presence of Jesus around the apostles in those days. Hallelujah. So what we are here to resolve is, okay, how do we then get our questions answered? How do we resolve these issues? The things we would have asked Jesus personally, how do we get answers to them from the Holy Spirit? And that is why we are here today. And one thing you should realize is that for every prayer that you pray, the Holy Spirit needs to get involved. He needs to be involved. Hallelujah. The Bible says He will teach you all things. So it means that He's the one who knows all things. So He's the one who can tell you the exact coordinates of where everything is. Because you can pray some prayers, but you really don't know the answer. Now, if, a prayer, if you pray a prayer like, Well, Lord, heal me of this fever. Now, that is direct. Now, if you pray a prayer like, Lord, I want to go into a business. Give me a business. So, the question is, what business? How do you go into that business? What do you do? Those are questions we want to ask. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us to supply the answers to those questions. Hallelujah. And the way he, he does it is that he starts from the inside of us, not from the outside. So anytime we are confronted, we should begin to look on the inside where the Holy Spirit is dwelling and start our journey from there. And the Holy Spirit himself is God. 
he is the powerhouse of God. In fact, Jesus, when Jesus died, it was the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead. And that same spirit dwells on the inside of you. So, and that same spirit is the powerhouse of God. He is the performer of the promises of God in your life. So when you even pray based on the promises of God, how are you going to get those promises manifested in your life? He is the powerhouse. is the custodian of the power of God. Who makes it happen. Hallelujah. And the great thing is that the way he makes it happen is that he starts his ministry on the inside of you. And the starting point of that ministry is revelation. Hallelujah. So when we pray in the spirit, we should be looking out for revelation from the spirit of God. We should be looking out for instructions from the spirit of God. Mary lived with Jesus. And you know there is a saying that there is nobody who knows Samuel like Mama Samuel. So if Jesus in those days of his flesh came on the street and Mary was now talking about Jesus to you, you better listen. Because they saw him in the house go about his business. And the first appearance of Jesus in public to do something miraculous, Mary told the people there, based on our experience of living with Jesus, that whatsoever he tells you to do, just do it. Now, for Mary to say that it meant that she had watched Jesus in the house give silly instructions that produced the miraculous. Because you cannot say to a whole wedding feast and gathering that has run out of wine and you know disgrace yourself and your son together. If you don't know what you are talking about. She knew what she was talking about. She said, look, you know what? You guys are in a crisis. Now, let me tell you the way out. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And these guys dared to listen to him. And you see, that instruction was ridiculous. I tell you, it was ridiculous. He said, pour water inside the barrels one man of god said he said if he was there he would have been saying to himself i don't think this guy understands we need wine <laughs> and he said they put water inside now he didn't wait for that water to turn to wine he then told them that they should draw the water so here you are wanting to go and serve wine Drawing water from the barrel. <laughs> and you saw that it was water you drew from the barrel. 
and you proceeded and you said oh yeah go take it there <laughs> and it was water you carried from the barrel in the jug and you saw that it was water and by the time you got there pouring it it was wine Hallelujah. So definitely, physically, if we had that Jesus in our midst today, we will all be asking him, so Jesus, just tell me the instruction. What exactly do you want me to do? But he's not here physically. But who is representing him? And he even testified of the Holy Spirit saying that the Holy Spirit can tell you more than I have done. So it means that you can see more miracles than Peter saw when he threw his net into the water. Because you have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And you see, these guys were conscious of the Holy Spirit in the early days of the church. They were so conscious that they were just walking into the temple. They were just walking into the temple to go and pray. No agenda for any such a thing. And guess what? This beggar is just sitting there and is asking for money. And they said, silver and gold are vital. Such as I have, I give unto thee. So what did they have? The power of God. And it was on the inside of them. Because Jesus was not there physically. And they said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Did you see that? That was the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they could walk in the power of God. So let's ask ourselves. Is power missing? Then we need to get back into the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. If you are missing the power that is required... To do things. Because many of us, we have that belief that when we pray, we just say, God, do it. Then we sit back. And then we expect God to go on the streets, like our messenger, to go and do it. No, you are walking together with God. Remember, Jesus said that they should go into the world and preach, all the, gospel, uh, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead. And what did the Bible say? They went about preaching the word and the Lord was walking with them. So there was a partnership. So God is not going to do things independent of you. Just like that. There will be a partnership between you and God. So God is speaking to you. Passing instructions to you. And you are following those instructions. To get the job done. Hallelujah. That is the power. 
So that ministry starts on the inside of you with revelation. God showing you something. God saying something to you. God giving you a specific word. God giving you a specific instruction. But how do we provoke this? How do we stir the waters? How do we not find ourselves in a situation where we'll say like the man who spent 38 years near the water that I don't have anybody to help me when the waters are stirred. But really the waters are on the inside of you now. And you now have to begin to stir those waters. One major way that I want to introduce to you today is speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Speaking in tongues. A lot of us believe that, yeah, now you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, so speaking in tongues is for when we come to church, you know, you know when we come to church and say, so, yeah, let's worship God, you, you speak in tongues a while, you worship God in English in a while, and then you go home. But really, this is a very powerful part of your personal fellowship with God. Speaking in tongues opens you up to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit is able to communicate with you. And you are able to communicate with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It was just after the first occurrence of people getting baptized with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues that there was an outbreak of power in Jerusalem. So definitely there is a link. Paul was one of the, I mean, was literally the most powerful apostle that we read of in the Bible. And what did Paul say to the Corinthians? He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. In terms of revelations, I mean, he was way up there. Receiving revelations from God. His revelation of breaking of bread, nobody taught him. He said, I have received of the Lord. It was the Holy Spirit who taught him. I have received of the Lord. But Jesus was not around when he got saved. So it was the Holy Spirit who taught him directly. Hallelujah. He depended a lot on the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's just the introduction I want to give today. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. You know, just to show you again that the... The ministry of the Holy Spirit is very essential, even in the operations of the Godhead. As in God Himself... As God will not do anything besides the involvement of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to verse 1. He says, In the beginning God created the earth, heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. So what had happened there was that God created heaven and earth, and then a crisis of some sort had set in, and then the Bible now says that the earth was without form, that it became shapeless and void. 
and darkness was upon the face of the deep. One um, translation says that the earth was in a chaotic mess. Then verse 2. We'll continue in verse 2. It says, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light and there was light he says and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters so we see that the moment the crisis was declared nothing was said nothing was done the first activity was the activity of the spirit of god he says he moved upon the face of the waters. That Hebrew word, the Hebrew word for move there means he was brooding. He was brooding on it. He was meditating on it. He was rolling it over. He was okay. So what are we going to do here now? And he pulled out the answer. And the Bible says, and God said, let there be light and there was light so when you are confronted with a situation it is time for you to get into that phase where the Holy Spirit is brought in to brood over that situation just like just like a hen brooding over the egg and then all of a sudden you see a chick come out of that egg situation so as the Holy Spirit is brought in to brood over your situation, then He will chalk the answer out to you. And then what you say will carry weight in the realm of the Spirit. This thing we are talking about here, it goes way beyond what you can see with your physical eyes today. If you have a situation you have to deal with today, the Holy Spirit knows the exact dimensions of that situation. He knows where everything is placed. He knows where everything is arranged. And He knows what to do to get that situation arranged in your favor. So as you pray in tongues, you are connecting to the Holy Spirit and He is passing across to you what you ought to do. Hallelujah. You need to understand something that the, the crux of the matter is not what is going on on the street. The crux of the matter is what is going on inside you. If the Holy Spirit is allowed to fulfill his ministry inside you then you will see the effect of that ministry on the outside but many times even when we are praying we have our eyes set on the outside we are watching the outside but meanwhile you should be watching the inside for what the Holy Spirit is ministering to you there's another place where Jesus said that that, way, that he will show you things that are to come. I hope you know that as believers, you are not meant to walk into just any surprise situation in your life that is unpleasant. You are not supposed to. 
if you are in touch with the Holy Spirit. Because if there is somewhere you should not go tomorrow, the Holy Spirit will be telling you not to go if you open up to Him. If there is somewhere you should go tomorrow, the Holy Spirit will be nudging you to go. And meanwhile, you don't know why you should be going there. Do you understand? Let me give you one example. Now, this one is about the future. In, I think in about 2006, this was like six years ago. In 2006, I had this exam to write. And you know, this exam, this exam, I really did need the exam. For what I was doing at that time. I didn't need it. But it was there for me to write. As in I had the opportunity. To write it. And I would actually have to self study. But there was no motivation. As in I didn't see. What extra money. That exam was going to bring to me. At that time. And it wasn't even like. I was going to follow the path. Of the emphasis of that exam in what I was doing. But it was just that if I could self-study for about two weeks, I would actually be able to pass the exam and have the certification. So, but because there was no motivation, I just didn't get around it. But I kept, anytime I was in fellowship with God, I kept getting pressed that I should write the exam. So, reluctantly, I booked the exam and to do it. In fact, to, as the exam was approaching, like one, two days, I was reading, but there was just no motivation to read. Because, you know, it's like, if you are going to write an exam and you know that this amount of money is going to go on top of what you are getting, you know, that will push you to work so hard. But there was, it, it, there was no such motivation. But I just said, let me just do it. In fact, I, I literally just, you know, managed to read well enough for the exam to just go and do it. If I, I remember when I came back, yesterday was, that was where she was sitting, said, did you pass? Let me see the paper. And this time I was like, if I told her I passed, did she believe me? <laughs> and that was where we left it. This was 2006. 2008, the, the industry went pure, right down. So everywhere went haywire. Rates went down. Jobs disappeared. Everything just went in a model. And now it was time. Job hunting and everything. I got a job in 2008. A contract in 2008. That, re that required just a little bit. Of that exam that I did two years before. When I never thought. I would come to a point where I will need it. But they saw that certification and said, oh, this guy must know it. So let's take him on. They took me on. And this was like, let's say it was going to be like a third of my overall responsibilities. So that place was just like a third. So two thirds would be something else altogether. But guess what? From that role, another role was advertised. And what they were looking for, they were looking for a senior practitioner in that particular exam that I had done 
which I had not even put to use until two years after I wrote the exam. That you have to be an expert. Not only have, do you have to be an expert, you are also going to mentor two other people working with you on that skill. So I put in for the... I applied for the role. Went for the interview, competitive, and they said, well, you got the job. And then I got the job, and then I landed in this place. I mean, very... I mean, it was a place that was way different from places where I used to work. And guess what? They just landed me there, and there were five of us in the room. Three of them were PhD holders. You get. And those were the people that I will be, you know, supervising. So, but, so after the first day that I saw them, I went on Amazon and ordered four more books <laughs> on that. But it was then I began to appreciate that the Holy Ghost saw 2009 in 2006. So, if any believer is going with the flood today, it could be that you ignored or you did not have the voice of the Holy Spirit get across to you in a previous time. Do you understand? Because if that flood is meant to be too powerful for your ability, it means that the Holy Spirit would have prepared you to avoid it all together way before that time. So that's why it says, He will show you things that are to come. Means that it will get you to do things as though you knew that certain things were going to happen in the future. And when you get to the future, you now discover that, ah, people will then ask you that, did you know this was going to happen? Say, no, I was just following the Spirit. It was ridiculous, but it was good. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'll just stop here for today. So let's go back to that question again. Do you still want Jesus to come here physically to ask those questions? Does he or does he need to come? The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. So your assignment now is as you go home, begin to pray in the Spirit and use these scriptures. Lord, you said that when the Holy Spirit is come, he has come. It will show me things to come. It will teach me all things. Mary said, whatsoever he tells you to do, do it. So Lord, open the eyes of my understanding to see your word. To see a direct instruction. Guide me as to what I need to do. And then begin to pray in the spirit. And then begin to pray in the spirit. And look, if you make that a spiritual habit for yourself, you will find yourself taking steps and taking actions that appear ridiculous today, but unknowing to your carnal mind, you are preparing for a future you know nothing about. Hallelujah. Amen. That even the Holy Spirit can give you things
say things to you today say things to you today that can bring an instant transformation Jesus said to Peter go back into that same water at the time he was not supposed to be fishing and throw your net so the Holy Spirit too can say to you that at the time when everybody thinks it is ridiculous take that step and you are guaranteed to get a testimony hallelujah praise the Lord Amen. So we'll just stop here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for what you have taught us today. And we ask, O Lord, that even as we begin to listen out for the voice of the Spirit in prayer, as we fellowship with you, praying in tongues, opening up our hearts to the ministry of the Holy Spirit who is on the inside of us, Lord, we thank you because we will contact and receive inspiration from the Holy Spirit, revelation of your word from the Holy Spirit, specific directions from the Holy Spirit that will put us in the path of the miraculous in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.